This is a Triple J podcast. Hello, how are you feeling? It's the Shake Up. I'm Tim Shepard, filling in for Dave Marchese, of course, who's still overseas having a much-deserved break. Look, it's been a pretty big week with a lot of news, but the weekend is upon us, and that means we're going to get into some of the more bizarre stories from the week that might have flown under your radar. Here's what we've got coming up. Hack. Signing up for a subscription service is super simple. Cancelling it, however, not so much. If I'm getting a voice note, I know it's juice. Your mouth is exploding from the flavour. Me and my mate decided to come into town for a Macca's run, but we said, nah, we'll see what the it's like. On Triple J. How many subscriptions have you got? Do you reckon there's a couple that you should be getting rid of, but you can't be bothered? It's become a big problem. Some companies are making it so hard to cancel them that we're just giving up and still paying. So can it be stopped? Also, if you're already sick of your mates bombarding you with voice memos instead of calling or messaging, then I've got some bad news. Video memos are here. We're going to get into that and a bit more in just a sec, but we can't do that until I introduce our Shake Up crew. First up, I've got someone you already know, Deputy Editor at the Daily Oz, Emma Gillespie. How have you been? Hello, Tim. How exciting to be here. I feel like I'm cheating on Dave Marchese, a little bit naughty, a little bit sexy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he won't mind. He's a very nice fellow. And our other guest today is probably a familiar face. His name is Tom Forrest, but you may know him as Outback Tom. Tom, how are you? I'm very good, Tim. And Em, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to catching up. Hey, Tom, I just have to ask, you're actually not here with us in the Hack Studio, are you? You're in Darwin right now. Can you tell us why or is it a secret? Well, I mean, I guess I can. Yeah, I, I sort of, I flew in, I'm doing a bit of uh, a story for ABC Indigenous. So I'm getting out and about and I'm sort of just just on the street, in the community, saying good day to people and uh, getting their take on a few different things, which will be coming out in the next few months. So it's been great. It's uh, very hot, the sun's out, and uh, so are the people. It's beautiful. Oh, we love to hear it. All right, fantastic. Well, let's start by talking about, you know, the big announcement from this week. Just six weeks now until Australia makes a decision on whether and whether or not we establish an Indigenous voice to Parliament because the idea is to enshrine that voice in the Constitution, which means that we need to have a referendum. So many of you listening now will have never voted in one of those before because the last one was more than 20 years ago. And this week we found out the date, right? It was Saturday, October 14 is when we have to head out and vote. But one thing we've noticed at Hack is that a lot of people still have questions. We actually put up a poll on the Hack Instagram this week and it showed that 46% of you said that you still had questions about the voice proposal. And I want to bring in the Shake Up crew, M. Gillespie from the Daily Oz and Tom Forrest. M, is, is that a lot of people when you consider we're only six weeks away from what is a really big decision for the country? Yeah, I think what remains really clear is how unclear so many people are feeling, especially young people. On the Daily Oz, we asked people, you know, what their questions were as well. And overwhelmingly, this kind of surprised me, people really wanted to know what to do about overseas voting. And I hadn't kind of factored that in. But of course, like, especially around this time of year, so many young Aussies are travelling and they all just wanted to know what are their options, what can they do? A lot of people wanting to know about early voting, postal voting, which I think really speaks to the the way that we are as a society now, you know, like the, the have 
the having one date that everyone has to sort of be mm. ready and available to go and head to the traditional polls, that that doesn't necessarily suit everyone. So, yeah, people really interested in knowing, you know, how they can get around that. Yeah, we had a lot of those questions as well this week when we talked about it. Of course, if you do have questions or you need to enrol or update your details, head to aec.gov. But what about any questions about the actual voice? Are the people saying that they still think, you know, they're getting overwhelmed by all the information or they don't know where to go for information? There does seem to be this repetition of what the voice will actually look like. Uh, And I guess like something that sort of cut through for me is the notion that you're not voting on, you know, what the specifics will necessarily be. It's more about saying whether or not you want the government of the day to have the power to make then those decisions. It's Mm. about just opening up the door for that. So, you know, I think that hopefully those knowledge gaps are going to be filled, but there is so much out there. There are so many great resources the AAC, like you mentioned, they are so, so helpful. They'll answer all your questions. So really at this point, it's just about, you know, empowering people to know that on their own, they can go out there and find the answers to their questions and, you know, make an informed decision. And Tom, you're from the bush. You also spend a lot of time traveling around the country. Like you said, you're just up in the NT now. Are people in more remote areas feeling the same way? Are they confused? What conversations have you been having? Look, I've had, I mean, I've had a, a range of different conversations and, you know, I've heard a, a range of different views too from, you know, obviously your yes or no. But something I really noticed is when I spend time in somewhere like a metro city like Sydney, um, people seem quite informed. They're, they're across it, you know, we're on our phones, we're on our social media when we're, go- when we're getting the train home. People just seem to be a bit more in the know-how. The further out, the more regional I go, the less people even know what the voice to parliament is. And the first time this ever really um, sort of popped up to me was when I was in uh, Alice Springs. This is quite a long time ago. I was just passing through town and we kind of started speaking about the voice to parliament. And I realised that, you know, there there are a lot of really remote Indigenous communities that a lot of people wouldn't even be aware of. And I'm talking, you know, from from all around the country, but I, I really think when I, you know, Arnhem Land, Northern Territory, to the to the Kimberley and the Central Desert, um, there are these big townships, big Indigenous communities uh, that, that you often overlook and forget about. And uh, what I've sort of realised is there's a lot of community members who just aren't even sure what the voice of parliament is. Now, we're seeing things move, though. We're seeing news get further and further. Um, as a journalist, I was working with a media organisation who were who really focusing on getting the voice and referendum information out there in their language so that the, the mm. community members could really be across it. So something I've even been trying to work on uh, you know, as a journalist is to really get the info on what the referendum is about and, and just try to get it deep into those communities. Yeah, well, hopefully that information does make its way through over the next six months. And we'll be hearing from all sides here on Hack, as we already have been. If you want to go back and listen to those stories and interviews, we've actually put them up on our Hack Instagram. So if you click on the link tree in the bio there, you'll be able to find them. All right, it's uh, time to move on. Hack might not yet be unlawful, but I think when you look at the sort of behaviours, Australians would go, yeah, that's pretty crook. On Triple Jack. Yeah, it feels like so many businesses are moving or maybe trying to move to subscription models. It's where they get you in and they lock you into paying a monthly or a weekly or a fortnightly fee. The problem is, though, a lot of us are getting trapped in subscriptions that we no longer want and we're losing money. Hack. Oh, no, 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 don't go. Unsubscribe, what? Can you even remember how much you initially paid for Netflix? 
Ruby tried to cancel her Amazon Prime membership for months, but the charges just kept rolling in. The federal government wants a new consumer law to crack down on unfair trading practices. They can make it really easy to start paying for a subscription, but really hard to stop paying. Oh yeah, I gotta cancel my subscription. Tell us why you wanna cancel. Oh my god. Just pick a reason you can go. We don't do this very often, but here's a 10% of reasons. Let me go. On Triple Jacks. Look, I'm sure you've all had a time when you're trying to cancel, you can't figure out how to do it, or in order to cancel, you have to ring someone from overseas or between a certain time. Maybe you never even realised you were signing up to a subscription. Is this you? Call in 1300 05536, or you can message in too, of course, 0439 75755. Well, the federal government reckons they're going to make it easier for us, though. They're starting to work on some legislation. It's actually based off something from overseas known as the Don't Be a Jerk Law. Pretty odd name for something like this, don't you think? I want to ask the Shake Up crew about it now, Tom Forrest and M. Gillespie. Em, how many subscriptions do you reckon you have at the moment? Wow, countless, countless subscriptions, <laughs> which uh, between my boyfriend and my mum, there are other parties leeching off. But it can be hard to unsubscribe from these things. I think that it's a red flag whenever you think you're signing up to a free trial, but in order to do so, you have to give away your card details, you forget how many days the trial was, and then all of a sudden you've been billed. I have been, well, not trying that hard, but I know that I've had a subscription to a a news service that I've wanted to cancel for many years and just sort of had it for work. And you have to call between the hours of nine to five, Monday to Friday. And I just can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have time in my work day to sit on a helpline. I know. Sometimes it's just a bit of a sieves, isn't it? Tom, what's the most trouble you've had? Have you ever had ones where they kind of interrogate you about why you're leaving and then start making offers to you? Tim, even at my, even at the gym I go to, they say you can't cancel it unless you prove that you're moving by bringing in a plane <laughs> ticket. So I've had some. What? So, it's got to be yeah. illegal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So if you if you want to cancel that, you actually have to prove to them that you're leaving town. Um, yeah, it's quite a locking contract. But look, every fortnight I'm stung. I mean, I set myself up for it, you know. But I'll wake up, check the bank account might be two or $300 gone. and But that's because I've got a long history of doing this, you know, from streaming services, editing software. Maybe it's a Friday night, might be dating apps. You know, <laughs> money's always coming out. But one of the things I find the hardest about it is that when you actually go into your bake statement or you go into your sort of, you know, your receipts, a lot of the money coming out isn't named. So there's no obvious name. It's not telling me streaming service or uh, song listening platform, etc. So I have a lot of money just coming out, might be $30, $18, and the company name isn't actually listed. So then you, you don't even know where the money's going. Right. That is actually a really good point and something that, you know, I haven't really thought about. So if there are these laws that the government's working on, do you reckon it should have to, you know, transparency around what the payment is, Tom? I want full name, I want company name, <laughs> I want ABN. Um, no, absolutely, because, look, even it does actually get too hard. So when you sort of check your bank account and the, you're, you're realising all this money is coming out and I just cannot find the company name or find the organisation or, you know, whatever it might be, of course, it would be lovely if there was a, a really strong and solid name to it. And then it is sort of fair because, you know, if you're a big company and you're getting a lot of people to give you a little bit of money each month, um, you know, they, they make a lot of money and it's really hard to cancel it. So I think some more clear messaging would be great. 
Yeah, a few texts coming in on this one as well. Holly says, I had a subscription so that I could edit documents and the only way I could cancel that subscription was through one email I got sent a year ago. It was ridiculous. Someone else, Jesse, says, I'm trying to cut most of my TV subscriptions. Cannot for the life of me figure out how to cut them off. Look, it's a, such an annoying issue sometimes. Mentioning TV subscriptions, the other problem with them that we have is that we love to share them, don't we? Love to get one of a big stream, get our mates and our family in for free, but a lot of companies are trying to stop us. Do you think it's fair or is it a bit of um, back and forth between us and them? I mean, I understand the premise, like the premise of it is fair enough, but when you see Netflix come out with their enormous profit in the wake of their password crackdown, like it's really paying off for them, isn't it? And at the expense of who? Like a bunch of people whose parents' accounts they were using, like a bunch of young people (laughs) who are probably doing it tough already. So I don't know. I think that there needs to be a little bit of wiggle room on the sharing. But if the ACCC are going to crack down on this, so many of these companies Companies are international, based overseas. How is that then regulated? Are they going to step up to the plate with Australian regulation? It's just such a grey area. Yeah, the other interesting thing here is that these laws, like the ones that they're overseas, they're called don't be a jerk law. Do you reckon that's a good name for a law? What do you think? It's so American. <laughs> I mean, it's a jerk is such a slam, <laughs> you jerk. Somebody has texted in, they said, don't be a jerk laws should cover everything some politicians say. Tom, if you were to be coming up with a don't be a jerk law, what would you include? Oh, God. Um... Look, no, mine probably isn't serious enough, but I, you know, I do, I really, ha- I do it for a self help, no ghosting, you know. So I'd be getting prosecuted myself a lot, but um, <laughs> that was, uh, but it'd be a self help. Look, no uh, wonder you did the premium dating apps, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, you can ghost in emails too. It can be emails, text messages, voicemails, etc. You know, um, maybe that. I feel like that. You know, don't be a jerk and. In that area. Okay, it's just in general, don't be a jerk. What about you, Em? I think we need to legislate um, giving someone the wave, like after, you know, when you let someone in in traffic and they don't wave, it's like, I have been good enough to give you space. You can hold space for me with your arm in the rearview mirror, please. Yeah, so you want to force people to have to be a little bit more courteous, a little bit more thankful. Just take a moment, think about it. I also think that. This is controversial potentially, but if you don't tell someone that they have food in their teeth, I think you're a jerk. I know mm. it can be awkward. It's like, oh, how do I find the moment? And they're going to be so embarrassed and it's this weird social exchange. But if you are a truly decent person, that person wants to be told that mm. they have spinach in their teeth. Exactly. Speaking of which, Tim, you got to look. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous. Don't do it. All right. Well, maybe the government will consider some of those when they work on the legislation. But look, we've got more to get to. Hack. The world of video meetings can be exhausting. But what if there was a better way? I'm a big voice On Triple Jack. Look, I'm really keen to get your thoughts on this next topic because I've already had so many arguments about voice memos. I know people who love using them, others who despise them and some who only want to use them for this but not for that. Well, the debate is only going to get more heated now because we've got something called the video memo. Hack. 
Zoom Clips. This new feature, now in public beta, lets users record, edit, and share video snippets without a live meeting. I've personally been using voice memos for years now and taking her from a maybe to a yes with my very sexy voice. My best friend lives in London. I live in New York City. She's a FaceTime girl. I'm a voice memo girl. I would sooner die than pick up a FaceTime call. Just leave my house now. I've got the shower ages ago. I don't even know why I told you that, to be honest. But if it's a guy and we're just like in the first stages of like talking and you start sending me voice memos, I'm going to get the ick and I'm going to get freaked out. On Triple Jack. Yeah, look, it's something that Zoom has come up with recently. And the idea is that you can have a long and detailed conversation through video, but you just respond whenever you get time. This is, of course, the shakeup. So I want to know which side everyone is on. Text in on 0439757555 or give us a call 1300 You could even try sending a voice memo, but I won't guarantee that it'll come through, though. The shakeup crew today is Tom Forrest and M Gillespie. M voice memos, yes or no? Oh, I have some very dear friends who insist on lots of lengthy voice memos. They're great when you are in the right place and time to hear them, but so often it's like the middle of the workday and I don't have headphones and then I can't listen to them until I get home, by which point I've forgotten and then the conversation's moved on and then I look like a bad friend. I think they're good when they're good, but they're so specific. Yeah, Tom, what do you think the rules are? Or at least what are your rules? Like for me, it's like only send it if you're telling me a story that's one way. Don't send me something that I need to be writing down notes to respond to. <laughs> what do you think? Tim, 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 Tim. As of, I remember in 2019 around Christmas, I just said, reply to this story. I'll send you a video message and a year video message. I've been doing video messages for years and it's usually how I only communicate through social media. Anyone I've probably ever yarned to on social media has gotten a video message. So I've been doing them for years. I think voice memos, no, I do agree with them. They can be a little bit annoying at certain times, you know, and you often end up just leaving them in the message, in the inbox until later on, until, you know, you've got a bit of quiet time, et cetera, to listen to them. But um, I have had just so many conversations, long, you know, two or three day conversations all through video messages. And I encourage the other person to send them back, you know, so oh, I a love pioneer on the line. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize we were so ahead of the curve. <laughs> well, I want to ask then, because how complicated are they? Because this Zoom feature allows you to kind of do an entire presentation with it. Like you can have graphs that come up in the middle, you can edit it before you send it off. And then when the person gets it, they can add like comments as they're going along, right? It's kind of like a presentation. We were talking on Drive before with Abby and Tyrone and someone said they would love to use it if they were breaking up with someone so they could bring all the receipts. Brutal. <laughs> 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 would you do that, Tom? I would do that personally. Look, I mean, it does. It sounds, it sounds quite complex. I'm a real, if I have an idea, Tim, I'm surprised I haven't sent you one. You know, the phone's up. I'm surprised I'm record, hearing this. <laughs> and I'm dropping down some ideas and I'm, I'm sending it off and I'm waiting for one back. You know, I think there's always room for a bigger and better one. That that does sound like a lot, like quite over the top with the, but I mean, great great use great great uses at the same time. Um, but I like them. I th- I think they're good. I think they're a good way to connect and to be a little bit more personal. If if you just type something, it's really hard to get tone and accent and enthusiasm through it. You can do a quick fifteen minute, you know, fifteen uh, second vo- uh, video message and get that across. Are we not feeling like this is Zoom grasping <laughs> at straws? Like the sun has set on the heyday of Zoom's video call, mm. working from home era, and they had their time in the sun. Like go away gracefully. We can just wave at them as they disappear now. Is that yeah, what you think? Don't make people send video 
videos to each other with graphs. <laughs> Have a dinner with your mates if you really need to explain something in depth. Print the graph out. It's that <laughs> yes. simple. Tom, a lot of people already have already you. Maybe you're not as ahead of the curve as we thought. Courtney says, my partner and I already do that by sending videos to each other rather than texting. Someone else says, we already have Snapchat. Yeah, it's a pretty good point, but I think Zoom's trying to market this as like a bit more detailed. Classier? A bit classier, <laughs> a bit more corporate. Um, look, voice memos are kind of everywhere now, aren't they? Like they're already on dating apps. Tom, you'll know about a bit about this. Yes. Do you think you would do a video memo for a dating no. app? Okay, okay, okay. You know, I have, and I, my friends sort of shot me down about it too. They said, no, no, that's too, it looks too, you know, serious and media. In one of my apps, I did have, like, you can put a video up, you know, and it was, you know, they were actually right. Um, I have done a voice memo before, like an, I think an opener. I couldn't quite go the vlog. I couldn't do the video message straight up. But actually, look, I've actually, actually, no, I've, I've actually done it. I've been yarning for an hour or two and um, sent a video of, of where I live. Like, this is where I live. Check it out. So I guess I've done it before. Man, wow. you've, you've done everything, Tom. Tom. You love to share. <laughs> I wanted to, probably too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask about this. Like, is this if it takes off, and if it takes off, big if, are we moving like forward or backward with conversations? Because it kind of feels like, I don't know, the modern version of writing letters where it's like a big, long message that's less often instead of lots of shorter ones, like maybe quality over quantity. What do you think, Em? I think we're losing the art of conversation if this is the next big thing. I mean, mm. if you don't know how to have a quick back and forth or what it feels like to wait to hear someone's response or understanding social cues, when to interject, I just think this can't be good for that kind of a thing. At least with letters, like you're expressing yourself in a different form of communication, you're expanding your vocabulary. It's a bit more, I don't know, heartfelt or something. But the video, like no no one has to listen to anyone when they're doing the video message. So maybe you'll just become a terrible listener. Yeah, mm. it could be. I mean, maybe, you know, some of the email companies will come up with a new idea that it'll be like the modern letter. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Bring back email, guys. <laughs> a couple more people texting in. Georgie says, I hate voice memos. I learned that I'm really particular about my audio environment and so people are too faint. Then they dribble on and forget to include things so it goes on for minutes longer than what it needs to be hate them. Mm. All right. No one send Georgie, Georgia, rather, a voice memo. <laughs> Someone says, I don't mind people sending me video messages. I will never watch them though. Julian from Perth. Another oh. person just says, voice memos are crap. Maybe we have lost the art of conversation. <laughs> no, but maybe they're right, Tim. I mean, I, I, I also go with them with the video messages and, and even with text, you have a lot of time to restructure things, you know, draft them up. Today I spent five hours on the streets of Darwin having to cold approach people to have these conversations and essentially, you know, conduct an interview. Um, and that was kind of nice. I wasn't emailing someone and requesting a big setup interview. It was really just a cold approach on the street and ask them. And it was a nice thing to do. Yeah, okay. So you're finding that people do still have that ability in them. All right. Well, that's enough. <laughs> well, thank God. <laughs> that's enough on that. All right. Let's move on. Hack. You just make friends, driving along, stopping at lights, talking to people, asking about their car. Street racing isn't just about driving, it's about heaps of stuff. You don't learn that at TAFE. <laughs> on Triple Jack. All right. All right, when you think of great Aussie pastimes, what comes to mind? Probably a sport, maybe the beach, a barbecue. What about this? And I want you to hear me out 
you and your mates just hop in a car on a Friday or a Saturday night and you just drive around the main streets. It's known as a manie, also a lappy, a blocky route apparently in Tassie, or as someone texted into Hack last night, chaplaps apparently. Well, we spoke about it because in Launceston in Tasmania, some people are worried that because fuel's so expensive these days, young people in the regions can't afford to do it as much. Is this you? Do you do it or do you think it's a stupid way to spend your time and money? Or do you do something different to pass the time where you're from? Text in 043975 or give us a call 1300 536 Keen to hear what our shake-up guests think about this one. Tom Forrest, as you probably know him online, Outback Tom and M Gillespie from The Daily Oz. Tom, I'm coming to you first because as someone from a regional or a rural area, I know that options for entertainment are pretty limited. You've got to make your own fun and we used to do this where I'm from. Did you do the same? Tim, this is one of my favourite activities. I mean, <laughs> 10 days ago, like, 10 days ago, it was, it was a Sunday. I was in Kununurra, a little regional town in the Kimberley, and a friend from Sydney, she'd just arrived and we didn't know what to do. And I said, well, should we just go for a cruise then? So we call it going for a cruise. And we just jump in the car and drive around. You know, we go up to that barbecue hill and like, have a look at the lookout and then maybe like stop in at the petrol station and buy a Powerade. And, and I remember even as a 17-year-old when I got my licence, that was a great way to catch up even with your good friends. And I still do it now when I'm, when I'm back home in the regions. And, yeah, we just call it gone for cruise. You jump in the car, you drive around, and uh, it's just a really nice way to catch up. Em, you're from the city. Yeah. What do you think of all this? Tell me. We did this in the big smoke. Manies is what I would refer to them as. This was like a major rite of passage. Whoever got their peas first and had a car, 100% you were doing this. I remember quite vividly in like year 11, one of my mates who was the first very, very keen to get his peas and on a Saturday night when we were 17, we would drive through King's Cross. And this is like back in the day when there was more than just like gentrified apartments there. It was yeah. like peak King's Cross vibes. And we would just drive up and down the main strip. It sounds so pathetic, <laughs> but it would it would make my life like, wow, look at these people just living. They're not suffering under the shackles of school. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, um, they're vomiting yeah. in the street or something like yeah, that. Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile, they're like <laughs> punching each other's lights out and throwing up in the street. <laughs> well, someone else from a city texted in. They said, Maney sounds much better than what we did in the capital cities, which was just meet up at a shopping centre and wander around being obnoxious teenagers. Well, there was a lot of that, yep. Okay, mm. so it wasn't just, it was a bit spread out. Um, <laughs> Tom, what else did you do to entertain yourself growing up? Look, we, we, we were pretty lucky and I, and I must say like, growing up growing up in the Kimberley region was beautiful. We, we did have access to going out bush. We had access to amazing uh, fishing and also made amazing water holes and the landscape of the Kimberley. And, but what one thing I really recall when I was around 16 or 17, sort of, you know, on the edge of, of finishing high school, we used to all meet up at, at the petrol station. So everyone who rode our mopeds and then the older, you know, kids who had cars, you know, we'd all just roll up to the petrol station, we'll all load up, you know, 20 cars sort of lined up and we'd get out and we'd just chat around. And so for us in these small towns, it was just about, you know, I feel like making a community what it is at the end of the day is usually the people. So it's it's just yeah. coming together and doing something, you know, especially on those sort of idle Tuesdays. It's just catching up. Maybe we all go to like swim beach and go for a dip or um, all go out bush one day or even just all go for a big drive. And I think that's the beauty of communities. Yeah, how wholesome. We've got some text coming through. Someone says, I grew up in Bundina and when we all got our peas, we would play sardines, spit in our cars and hide around town. It's kind of like a game of hide and seek. 
That's an interesting one. Someone else is talking about this, and we've got a few texts about this, but from different places. Someone says, anyone born in a town along the Murray River on the New South Wales border will have grown up being dropped upriver to float downriver. And they've got a quote, going for a a float later, coming, question mark. That's That's so cool. I like that. That's amazing. Someone else says, grew up in Gympie, Queensland, big stereos in small cars. We used to drive to Maroochydore on the sunny coast an hour away for a coast run, which is basically hanging out at a fast food restaurant. Well, yeah. Yeah, fast food is a big part of it, isn't it? I mean, that was always the meetup spot, wasn't it? Look, uh, we're running out of time, but just uh, one point that I want to bring up is like a few people texted in last night saying that people doing manies or lappies are a menace. They make a lot of noise and get in the way. What do you think about that, Em? I'm not surprised. I think older people see kids in their cars doing that and think they're a menace and they hear the speakers booming. But for the kids inside that car, the teenagers, it's so exhilarating. It's this rite of passage, this tiny little taste of independence that you have for the first time. And it feels like such a big thing. It's so not. I mean, now we laugh about it. But (laughs) to those people in that car blasting that song, that's everything. Of course. And Tom, if you are doing it, everyone should be safe, right? 100%. And also, just the people out there, you know, young fellas typically like really loud cars. You can do quiet manies. Jump in mum's car. Cruise around (laughs) quietly with your friends. You know, we also don't have to disrupt the space. (laughs) But I do agree with M. Also have fun, play some music. But be safe. Have it. You're there with your young friends. It should be really time to hang out and enjoy each other's company. Exactly. Well, that's a great message for us to end on. Massive thanks again to the Shake Up crew, Daily Oz Journal, M. Gillespie, and Outback Tom or Tom Forrest. And that's all we've got time for on the Shake Up today. I'll be back next week while Dave Marchese continues to live it up overseas. I'll see you then. Hack on Triple Jack. Dee Salmon here sliding into your podcast feed to let you know that the Hookup Podcast has all the sex and relationship content you need. Honestly, you need us in your life. Join us each week as we talk all things love and f***ing like this. Foreplay is also there so that you have great sex. Like, I don't know about anyone who's given themselves an orgasm in two minutes. Like, it's fine. It's the fast food of orgasms. That's the hookup. If you like hack, you'll love us. Get us wherever you get your pods.